What's going on, Sleeper Nation? We're back in the AFC West, deep diving into the division. Of course, I am Natter, headstrong along with the number one Australian analyst, Sheehan. How you doing? I'm good, man, but I gotta say, I got a bit offended watching an old episode of How I Met Your Mother while I was uh, waiting for the recording to start tonight. There's a guy on there and he's made out to be a massive nerd because he was in five fantasy uh, leagues. And I gotta say, I felt a scene as the kids say but be you know hashtag cancel how i met your mother i'm not putting up with that sort of vilification from a show that's frankly pretty outdated in this day and age it's outdated i might have to say overrated as well uh honestly i wish i watched the first season um and then the last couple of episodes just so i know how it ended it went downhill really quickly or certainly towards the end and then the end was just a disgrace but when i was sort of 18 19 20 that was uh my best mate and i that was our guide to like trying to uh, pick up women and um you know basically navigate the world of of going out and sort of starting to enter uh, society in that way and I, I gotta say we didn't have a hell of a lot of luck so maybe we should have uh, switched it up and, and tried something else as a manual instead of old uh, barney stinson but now cancelled him never watching it again it worked for Barney. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look half as good as a, in a suit as uh, Neil Patrick Harrison. In fact, I still don't. I probably look like I could probably eat him. But um, you know, maybe that's where we—that's uh, where we went wrong. Yeah, uh, actually, I think it's where he went wrong. I think you're doing all right so far. Yeah, maybe. And you know, we're not going to get hashtag cancelled. At least not yet. Now that we've moved on from uh, from talking about topics that might cancel us and on to uh, the AC West. Of course, the AFC West will not cancel us, but we might have to cancel them. Of course, on this episode, we're going to be adding a new segment in between the lines. This one sounds interesting. I don't even know what it is. You you haven't told me what it is yet. I'm pretty interested. Is there, Are you going to give me a teaser or do I have to wait? Oh, you got to wait till the segment, man. Okay, okay. And of course, we're going to deep dive in the AFC West. And then by popular demand, Count Dooku himself, the man who we stole the show from, Two apprentices, far younger and far more powerful, came along. Whew. And then Much he was headless and handless in a Venator-class uh, starship. George Reid. What's going on, guys? Uh, you left out much better looking too. Like I, I, I'm, I, I'm. Listen, we all we can tell looking at Nader. He's definitely a pretty boy. Uh, he, he he takes hours and hours to get ready to to go anywhere. We could tell he puts some time in. He puts the working in the bathroom. Uh, he uses that mirror. He gets his angles. Like he knows what he's doing in there, right? And, and, <laughs> and Sheehan, I, I know you don't spend nearly as much time in the bathroom as Nader, um, both for going to the bathroom and getting ready. But I would still say you're a handsome devil, my friend. You're much better looking than me. I spend most of my time at the uh, in the kitchen or at the dinner table, uh, changing that's, my appearance. If I'm honest, what, that's what I'm talking about right there. Oh my god! Um, hey, so we're 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 we're, we're talking about horrible uh, jokes, um, and we're talking about video games. I got I got one that falls under that category. Oh, uh, right, I'm ready. If you guys don't mind, if I share a dad joke, go for it. Oh, I like dad uh, jokes. What what kind of pants do Mario and Luigi wear? 
Oh. I'm ready for the punchline. Let's hear it. That's a stupid dad joke for the day, like guys. That. That's, that's all like I got. That. That's all I'm bringing. I like that one. Man, you're, you guys are over here gassing me up, and I can't even get a text back. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> all right. So for this episode, Sheehan's dropping a new segment. I actually like this one. It's read between the lines. We're going to read through OTA minicamp quotes, and uh, we're going to break it down to the deepest darkest depths that we really could and that's exciting to me and then of course we're going to break down the afc west or the afc south depending on which way Sheehan properly types the <laughs> word document uh that's south that's, is the new west man that's what they say southwest airlines looks like they were uh they were ahead of the curve before any of us and then of course wise words of wisdom you know we can't forget that one i don't even know the reception on that one people might be hating it and unsubscribing for our channel but hey, we're still out here giving some words of wisdom. Love it, man. That's what it's all about. You know, give the people what they maybe want or, or, or perhaps turn off uh, when they hear. Uh, eh, oh, well, it, it, entertain, it, it entertains me. So I guess that's all that really matters. But hey, Sheehan, bring us the uh, go ahead, George. I was going to say, when, when I used to host this show, uh, I would just say download, don't listen. So as long as you're still downloading, I, don't, I really don't care if you listen or not. That's fair. Yeah, it works for me. That's fair. I, I can get with that. Now let's let's get some between the lines. So it's uh, OTA, it's mini camp time, and as we all know, it's just coach speak, player speak, cross talking, just a whole lot of bullshitting going on. Everyone's in the shape of their life. Everyone's in the form of their life. Everyone's training the house down. Everyone is a late round sleeper. But what I want you to find gentlemen to do is cut through all that bullshit from some of the, the names and faces in the league and tell me what they're actually trying to say. So I will read out the quote. I'll want to, I'll throw it to you to tell me what they're actually saying. So we're going to start off, first of all, with a quote from New York Giants head coach, Joe Judge. When you watch us practice and you watch Evan Engram on the field, no one empties the tank like this guy. I mean, this guy goes hard every day, and we've got to tell him to tone it down more than pick up his pace. Nada, what's he saying? He, he's saying by halftime, Evan Engram will be tired and unable to perform. Yeah, looks like he just, he just dropped down on my tight end rankings. I think we saw what happened when Lamar Jackson emptied the tank at halftime last year and he came back and played well. So uh, maybe there'll be some of that. What do you reckon, George? So what I took away from this is Evan Ingram is working extremely hard this offseason. Uh, he's giving it his all. He's giving it his 100% because he knows at the end of the year, if he does not perform, he will not be back with the Giants. Well, it is yeah. a contract year, correct? Uh, I believe it is. I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, therefore, yeah, he's going to have the phenomenal year. He's going to get paid, and then uh, well, we'll never hear from him ever, ever, ever again. All he has to do is learn how to catch. Uh, it's, not hard, it's not a hard skill. Just learn to catch the ball. Well, the yeah. amount of times it's went through his hands and hit him in the face, it might be kind of hard. <laughs> I guess we'll see. If he, no one goes harder than Evan Ingram, the hard man. Maybe we have a new nickname. The hard man. The hard man, hard hands, hard everything. Okay. Right. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said, having Joe Mixon on the field makes us better. At the same time, you don't need him on the field for 75 snaps. What do you reckon, George? 
So what I took away from this is the Bengals want Joe Mixon on the field for every play. They, they want him on the field first down. They want him on the field second down. They want him on the field third down. But they're not going to get 75 snaps a game. They're not going to get 75 offensive plays a game. Uh, so they they won't need him on the field for that many snaps because the offense is just not going to give it to him. <laughs> nice. Well, you know Looks like the Bengals just don't want to be a good team. If they, you know, if if if, if Joe Mixon makes us better, but he's not supposed to be on the field, then well, looks like they're not going to be better. So, I, if I'm being honest, I think it's more they don't want to overwork him because of his injury history. But I still like my answer of they they're not going to play uh, 75 offensive snaps a game. I like yeah. it. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I, I think uh, I want to see him. I want to see him get about 30 touches per game. A week? Well, per game, yeah. 30 touches. Yeah. And then he'll get injured about four weeks into the season. Hey. Don't, don't remind me of the negatives. I want to hear the positives. This is OTAs. There's no negatives allowed. We, we've got one of your favorites here, Nada. So you want him to touch the ball 540 times is what I heard, Nader. Yeah, yeah. As long as he's touching the ball and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fine. Draft Joe Mixon. That's what I'm hearing. One on one. He's getting it that often. <laughs> That's fair. One of your favorites here. Now, the Jaguars OC Daryl Bevel wants LaVisca Chanel to develop as a pure wide receiver. Tell me what you think. I mean, I do too, but that's not going to happen. So <laughs> I'm, I'm ignored. Like, if, if that was a text message, left on red. That's basically me. Hey, you, George. So I, I take away from this that. LaVisca is more of a gadget player than a, as a pure wide receiver. And uh, Daryl Bevel would like to see him be able to play the wide wide receiver position as a wide receiver, not just as a gadget player. Uh, so I guess he's going to have to work on being able to learn to run routes, which was something he uh, kind of struggled with last year, to be honest. I, I took it to mean that, yeah, he is a, a gadget player and uh, what they're going to do instead of uh, having Chenault as a gadget player is they're going to try and turn a running back into a gadget player with ETN and, and end up with a, uh, a first-round gadget player and a, a, a mid-round wide receiver who could be doing more and, and perhaps a running back who's not being used effectively. So uh, good to see that the, the Jags are really turning it around. And uh, we've got as well here Texans OC Tim Kelly. Going back and looking at it, I've got to do a good job calling more runs and letting our backs and our line get into a rhythm and get into a groove as far as how that game being played out up front. That doesn't even make sense. Each year you go into the off-season looking at different schematic ways and personnel ways you can improve, and we feel like we've done that. Is this a man who's looked at his own roster? Of course it is. So what I took away from this is three simple words for the Houston Texans this year establish the run and, and and that makes perfect sense when you look at the fact that they've got Rex Burkhead, Dontrell Hilliard, Buddy Howell, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, uh, CJ Procise, Scotty Phillips, like they've got all these running backs. Um, so they're going to use every single one of them to help establish the run. Uh, it, lambs to the slaughter. It, it, listen, w- look at the alternative. Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, and Jeff Driscoll. Do you want them throwing the ball? No. 
established the run. That's why you brought in a hundred running backs. Yeah, but you, in order to establish the run, you need a defense. They don't have a defense. No, stop, stop. You're, you're, you're looking at this team as if it's possibly going to win a game this year. It's not winning any games this year. So why, why even bother? Just run the ball, let the clock continue to tick down, and you can get off the field and go home a lot quicker. That's actually genius. <laughs> at that point, like, why even show up? Well, you got to show up, right? You're still going to get paid. But, yeah, establish the run. Instead of the game taking two and a half hours, you know, we could shave 20 minutes off just by not dropping any balls and stopping the clock. So we're not going to call any timeouts. Uh, we're not going to challenge anything. We're going to establish the run. I don't care if we're down 40 to nothing. The run shall be established, and we'll go home. Perfect. How much How much time could you really get away with if you're, if you're going three and out every drive, running the ball every single play? I don't think they'll go out three and out every play or every yeah. every every down. They'll get a couple of first downs mixed in there. It, it'll speed up the pace of the game for sure. Oh, that's right. Thank you. And then, and then when you think about it, on the flip side, like if you're playing the Texans and you're up 27 to 3 and it's the fourth quarter, like you're going to establish the run too so the rest of your team can get off the field and just go home. So now everybody's establishing the run. It's going to be a phenomenal thing to watch. I am absolutely – on board with the Texans this year. Establish the I, run. I feel like if you're someone who watches most of the NFL via red zone on a Sunday, you're going to think that there are now 31 teams in the league because you will not be seeing the Texans very much. Scott Hansen won't have anything to do with them. I, I believe it was actually an addendum in his contract this year that the Texans will not be played on red zone at all. <laughs> no no that's not fair that's not fair because fair. there's going to be a team scoring on them so therefore they are going to be on red zone the defense will be the defense will be okay there we go all right that's yeah fair. we'll get to see all those running backs sort of on the sidelines heads in hands wishing they hadn't gone to texas they're going to be like the the running backs like the third and fourth string running back on the opposing teams like man if i had gone to texas i could have got some play this year because they're running seven, eight running backs out every week. <laughs> it is going to be lambs to the soul. It's going to be like the opening scene of uh, Saving Private Ryan, just running back after running back, mowed down, at the uh, sacrificed at the altar of uh, establishing the run. Now, our last one in the inaugural serving of Between the Lines, Packers CEO Mark Murphy says, Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella. What do you reckon, Nata? I mean, yeah. He kind of nailed it on the head. He's pretty complicated. Isn't he? Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know. Like, it, it could be extremely straightforward to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Like, get him a receiver. And get him some an that's answer that's in the form issue. of a question. And, and it's not in the form of, oh, man, shoot. How do you make Aaron Rodgers happy? Well, oh, I, 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 think that, I think it's too late for that. No, I meant get him a receiver and then answer to him in a form of a question. Oh, not bad. Uh, but, I, but I like your attempt anyway. What do you reckon, George? Um, so I, I think – so I used to work in a jail, okay? And inmates used to use slang all the time. So Did they, you drop they the would, soap? I, I, I worked there. I didn't actually live there. Oh, um, okay. So in my eight years, I have learned to read between lines. I, I have learned, you know, the lingo, as the kids would say. Um, so when he says Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fella, what he really means is Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yep. he means. 
Well, I mean, we all are. Like, we all have one. Yes, but <laughs> our boss isn't calling us an asshole. Mine is. There's a huge difference. Like, my wife calls me an asshole. Like, I don't bat an eye. If like, my son, who's 19, calls me an asshole, I don't really bat an eye. But if my boss were to call me an asshole, like, I, I would have an issue with this. You know what they say. You are what you eat. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Well, good times for Shailene Woodley. Well, that's our, that's our first serving of uh, Between the Lines. We'll see if this makes a comeback as we continue through the offseason. But now everyone's favorite. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, now, everyone's favorite segment, Natter's Wise Words of Wisdom. You know, I think he's on the toilet, which I think adds more meaning to it. But uh, here we go. Hey, an apple a day keeps anybody away if you throw it hard enough. Good. That's better. That's your best one so far. <laughs> I don't that know. That one's pretty good. So, like so we need we need to come up with like an intro for Natter's wise words of wisdom that like a I drop so. that can just be added in to to lead into Natter's wise words of wisdom. Well, if the intro is longer than the words of wisdom, it might be an no, issue. It, it, no, no, it, it, it won't be long. It'll be it'll be super short. You know what else is super short? Yes, we know. You told us last week. Okay, cool question. <laughs> and then you didn't have to send a picture though. <laughs> the picture was, was was a little over the top, to be honest. I got I'm not you know? zoom in so much with my phone. Listen, it's, a, <laughs> it's an iPhone eight. Okay, it's a little bit old. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sorry. I'll bring that, a magnifying glass next time. That is definitely getting cut out of the uh, the book. <laughs> Probably. It's not. It's not. It better not. If it does, <laughs> well, it's that time again. So here it is. I want. I'm going to take you all on a guided meditation this week before we get into the AFC West. That's both of you and all of our listeners as well. I want you to close your eyes and open your mind. Reach out with your energy. Who are you? Where are you? You're in Canton, Ohio. You're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Busts of the game's greats surround you. There's John Madden, Jerry Rice, Don Hudson. You hear sounds coming from down the hall. Owens doesn't deserve to be in here, the voice says. He was a diva. Hang on, you think to yourself. What year is it? T.O. has been in here for a couple of years now. Like Ebenezer Scrooge, you call out, Boy, what day is it today? Maybe a bust will answer. Why, it's Saturday, August 14, 2021, a voice says. You look around, it's David Baker, the big guy from the Hall of Fame. He picks you up with his giant hands and carries you over his shoulder like a sleepy baby. Where are we going? You ask. We're going to draft night out. Reach out with your mind's eye. Look around. You're in a room filled with other fantasy football lovers. You're in a live draft. Look down. What's that you're wearing? It's an exclusive t-shirt. And to your right is some kick-ass NFL memorabilia that you've just won. And to your left is a brewski. That's weird, you think to yourself. I don't normally call it a brewski. You grab your phone and check your bank account. Surely this experience must have cost you hundreds, even thousands of dollars. You see the transaction record. $30. Unbelievable value, you think to yourself. Now open your eyes, go to draftnightout.com and buy your ticket to the best fantasy football event of your life. If you're coming to the Fantasy Football Expo, then you owe it to yourself to make this guided meditation a reality. Draft Night Out and this transcendent out-of-body experience are brought to you by Sleeperwire, 
Eat Sleep Fantasy, Draft Party USA, and Prestige Sports Memorabilia. Namaste. We got the AFC West. We're deep diving. Of course, we got the Denver Broncos. We got the LA Chargers. Yeah, LA. We got the Las Vegas Raiders. You heard me correct. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are reigning losers of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that felt good to say. So let's start off with the Broncos, where Aaron Rodgers potentially may or may not be playing. You know, we've discussed this plenty of times. I'm going to go with no because he's going to be on the Raiders. But they start off with a 5 and 11 record, 28th in points, 23rd in yards, 26th in passing yards, 13th in rushing yards. A little surprising there. And of course, they hold a wide receiver playing quarterback in the phenomenal famous game. Uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon led the team in rushing almost a thousand yards of him, 14 yards short, nine TDs. N- nothing shy of a pretty good rushing year from Melvin Gordon. Jerry Judy led the team, the rookie in a hundred and fifty-six yards. Tim Patrick led with six touchdowns. Drew Locke, a little bit disappointing of a regression year. Of course, that sophomore splunt, sophomore slump always hits hard. 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. All right, guys. Who are we looking at here on our fantasy lineup? I, I think it really depends for me on who the starting quarterback is. If the starting quarterback is Drew Locke, I think I, I want a lot of Cortland's son. If the starting quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to want a lot of Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I like Tim Patrick. I think he's the most intriguing one for me. I don't uh, think he's ever going to be a fantasy guy. He feels a bit like Zach Pascal in um, Indianapolis. He'll bob up. He'll kill your weeks. He'll get touchdowns. But I don't think there's any value to be had, unfortunately. I really like him too, but um, I, I'm not sure he's the guy. I think I think the problem with him is not – I mean, he's a good player, but it's really it, – if Cortland Sutton comes back uh, from his from his foot injury, or was it his foot or was it his ACL? It was the ACL. ACL, okay. Excuse me. If uh, Cortland Sutton comes back from his from his ACL injury, the the problem we're going to run into is there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed, um, both with the wide receiver core, uh, Melvin Gordon coming out the back the backfield, and then you also got Noah Fant at tight end. And I would be in a whole bunch of trouble if I didn't mention uh, our, our El Presidente's man crush Albert O at tight end as well. So they have a lot of uh, a lot of mouths to feed, and the problem is, is like I think you would have Tim Patrick as the fifth option. I would I would say uh, maybe maybe the fourth, but I'm I'm leaning more towards the fifth. And neither Teddy Bridgewater or definitely Drew Locke can sustain any type of uh, consistent fantasy value with with somebody who's that option that late. So unless it's like a super super deep. Uh, Dynasty League, or you're starting like three wide receivers and four flexes. I just I can't see starting Tim Patrick on any type of a consistent basis. the The opportunity and, and his usage is just not going to be there. So Bridgewater was able to support three wide receivers on Carolina last year. I mean, if we assume that he's able to do that again, which which is a big if, it would be Jerry Judy Sutton and then Noah Fant. We'll count yeah. Noah Fant as a receiver. That'd probably leave Tim Patrick 
out of the uh, you know out of the shelter home shelter home in the rain, crying like the baby he is. Uh, so, if that is going to be the case, and that's a big if, that's already being very optimistic. I don't think he could do that again. I would probably like to have Jerry Judy as the main guy, especially in a redraft league. For for me, it, it just like I said, it depends on the quarterback. So. Teddy Bridgewater is one who is good at throwing the ball into into uh, tight places, and that's Jerry Judy's specialty. He, he's good at separation. He's good at, at uh, getting yak yards. Like I think he's being severely uh, forgotten for the performance he put up last year, uh, just because of the, the situation with. Uh, what's his name from uh, uh, the Vikings? Justin Jefferson. He had such an amazing season that people forget Jerry Judy almost put up a thousand yards uh, last year as a rookie, and really he didn't start coming on till the, the back end of the year. And that that was with a COVID season where they had one game as as you mentioned earlier with the wide receiver playing quarterback. Uh, no preseason, no TAs, you know, no many no many camps. Like we've said it over and over again. Um, and for him to be able to come out as a rookie and still put up. Uh, 856 yards, like, that's impressive. Uh, also I really had, like Judy. Oh, sorry, now to go, go ahead, man. Well, he had a game of zero yards and I believe zero targets on a on a, yeah. on a Thursday night game also. And I remember that one because he tweeted out how disappointed he was. What, was and, that the one with the, with the wide receiver started at quarterback? No, no, it wasn't even that one. It okay. was a different game. I believe Drew Locke was also the quarterback for that. It was, it, it was an odd game. It was a very disappointing game, if you're, especially if you're a Broncos fan. But uh, th- there's a lot more potential that Jerry Judy has for upside. Sheehan, I don't know if you have your ADPs. I really like the this or that's that you have going on when we start talking about receivers. We got some fresh ADP data, actually, uh, from Sleeper. They released it yesterday. Now, uh, before we get into that, I was just going to say, I really like Judy. He's a guy I'm trying to buy in a lot of places in in Dynasty Leagues. I think he's a good, um, not even a post-hype sleeper at this point, but, you know, as you say, George Jefferson was just so good that you can get Judy at a bit of a discount. I'm not going to lie and say he didn't look rough at times last year, but he didn't look himself either. He had some bad drops. I think um, I, I look, had to go down to 150 pass catches uh, to find a receiver who had a worse uh, – sorry, a wide receiver who had a worse QB rating when targeted than Jerry Judy, and that was Julian Edelman at 149. Yeah. Uh, his was like 48 or something. I think some of that will be bad quarterback play, but I think some of it, he, he had some bad drops. He he had a couple of picks, um, but all of that, as far as I'm concerned, is going to um, hold him in good stead to win people leagues this year. Um, as you say, if, if it is if it is Bridgewater, who is that quarterback? So I'll, I'll do some either or with, with Judy here. Uh, Jerry Judy or Brandon Cooks? Uh, I'm going to go Jerry Judy. I'll, I'll take Brandon Cooks. You already know he's going to get 1,000 yards. Yeah, Cooks, I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I don't know that. He might he might even be a running back. Uh, establish, <laughs> run. establish that run, Tennessee. Jerry Judy or Will Fuller? Uh, Jerry Judy. Less competition. You, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a Dolphin oh, sorry, fan. George. How, I, I'm a Dolphin fan. How are you going to make me choose? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, Jerry Judy here just because of 
Uh, Will Fuller's histories of not being able to complete games. Jerry Judy or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. Deontay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's going a he's going a full uh, five wide receivers later, Johnson. And uh, Jerry Judy and Robbie Anderson, or Robbie Anderson. I, I think I'm going to take Robbie Anderson here with Curtis Samuel out of the picture and a quarterback coming in that he's actually has uh, an established history with. Yeah, I'll take Robbie Anderson. I mean, Robbie Anderson is also one of those dangerously underrated players that always produce. Wide receiver yeah. one in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like him. Um, and I think, as you say, Brianna with Donald is going to be good for him. Um, you make an interesting point about Judy versus Lot. Uh, Judy versus Lot. Teddy versus Lot. Are we convinced that Teddy's going to win the um, win the battle? I've been reading the uh, the new Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football, and there was a quote in there from Johnny Unitas, which was along the lines of, "You're not an NFL quarterback until you can tell your coach to go to hell." And uh, the point of that being that until you can see the field and, and say that you're seeing it better than someone on the sideline you haven't made in the league. I don't feel that the Bridgewater has. He's been around a long while. Yes, there's been injuries, but I think he's as milk toast as a, of a player as there is out there. I, I believe the, the reports, and again, you could take the, the, the camp reports what, uh, this time of year for what you will, but I believe the reports coming out is that uh, Locke has not really looked that great, and Teddy Bridgewater has looked pretty good. It's hard. I mean, Drew Locke is what a first round quarterback. I, I second, it'd be second difficult. Round. Second, second round, yeah. It'd be difficult. For him. It'd be difficult. I, I'd imagine him winning the spot by default, and then Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in whenever Drew Locke convincingly loses that role. Yeah, I, I don't feel like they've set Locke up to succeed. And we talk about a young receiver needing weapons. He certainly has that, but I don't know if he's had that structure around him to really tailor the game to his strengths and and obviously he's he's still a project two years in but i feel like for fantasy drew lock's going to be a better quarterback at least for wide receiver fantasy Mm -hmm. Um, and i would i think the broncos are a more interesting team with him it's not like they're just an average quarterback away from competing although i think if they were in the nfc i think they would be a playoff team i don't see them coming out of the afc at all but so i I think the the issue with denver is, is definitely the quarterback play um i think with all the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball and their defensive side of the ball is pretty good too. Uh, I, I think that they need a game manager who's not going to turn the ball over and they can win games with the game manager. Drew Locke last year, uh, 16 touchdowns, 15 picks. Like that's those 15 picks are going to kill you. Teddy Bridgewater is not going out there and throwing 15 interceptions. He's just, he's just not going to do that. He's going to dink and dunk the field, uh, the ball up and down the field. He's going to make those safe throws. He's, he's not going to take any chances. He's not going to take any risk. And I, I think that can get the job done with that Denver offense. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. But I also want to talk about the running backs a little bit more. Melvin Gordon, almost 1,000 yards, like we said, nine touchdowns. That's a lot. They lost Philip Lindsay, so we assumed that's it. He's the bona fide star RB1. Move him up on your draft board rankings. And then they trade up and draft Javante Williams. So what does how let's see, how do I phrase this properly? How worried are you about Melvin Gordon and how excited are you for Javante Williams? I'm very excited for Javante Williams. And I think the people in the camp there are too. I've seen reports that um 
Williams might be their their lead back as of week one or, or certainly week two. My concern drafting Williams, and I think he's the RB29 at the moment, he's going the 6-7 turn. I think that's probably a pretty good return for him, is what degree of vulturing is is going to go on with Melvin Gordon? Is is Williams going to get the work in up until the 20 and then it's, it's all Gordon all the time or is it going to be a bit more of a split? Um, certainly Gordon has the uh, the runs on the board in, in terms of uh, scoring and uh, and getting in the end zone. But um, that that could cap Williams' upside as far as I'm concerned. But in dynasty leagues, go and get Williams all day. And he's had a bit of a discount too. Yeah, I, I like Williams a lot. Um, I know Melvin Gordon, he's still got a DUI hanging over his head. So there, there is a chance that he can be suspended to start the season. And if, if he does get suspended to start the season, if he gets like two games or something like that, it, it's going to be a wheels up for Javante. Um, if he does not get suspended, uh, I think this will be the same thing we've seen uh, in previous years with Philip Lindsay uh, back there. And it's going to be a, a running back by committee. Um, and then I think uh, Melvin Gordon is a unrestricted free agent after this year. So I think picking Javante where they did trade up to get him it is not only a move for now, but it's also a move for next year where they don't have to spend up on a, on a running back um, in free agency or anything like that. Like they've got a guy that can be in their system. Uh, he's an all-purpose back. Uh, they traded up to get him. They jumped Miami because they knew Miami was going to take him. So it's going to be wheels up for Javante. I'm just, I just think it depends on the start of the season. If if Melvin is the starting running back at the start of the season. I think we'll see a running back by committee unless there's an injury. And if Javante is the starting running back at the beginning of the season because Melvin Gordon is suspended, it's going to be wheels up for Javante. I don't think he'll let that job go. So Melvin Gordon, after a quick Google search, his DUI charge got dismissed. So unless the NFL decides to just hand him a suspension, correct, they don't have a legal reason to do so. No, they could they, they could do they so. They did that with yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. So yeah, uh, they don't need a legal reason to do it. Uh, basically, they just the NFL needs to come out and say, "Hey, uh, we're not going to suspend you for this, or, or we have no interest in this." And, and so far, they haven't done it. Exactly. So I'm. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. They haven't said anything about that. They're letting the legal process go on on him, but there is a legal process with with uh, Deshaun Watson. Sorry. Uh, but I'm assuming Melvin Gordon's playing. I think – I feel like they should have said something by now. DUIs, especially also with Josh Jacobs. I mean, he had, a, I believe, a DUI also where he crashed in an airport parking lot and got a couple decent stitches on his forehead. I'm not entirely sure on the quick story on that one, but that's also something to keep an eye on. When you have two RBs with DUIs or potential DUIs, one got dismissed. Not quite sure about the other. I'll have to do a quick search on that one. But uh, I would assume the NFL tries to do something about it. But uh, it, it's not looking that way right now. Now, Javante Williams, you said, Sheehan, he's taken in the 6th or 7th turn. Melvin Gordon, do you know where he's going right now? He's the 5-6 turn. Um, Williams is the RB29. Gordon, the RB26. Um, between them are Leonard Fournette and... Raheem Mostert. Any uh, of those that you uh, you want? I I mean I like Raheem Mostert. Yep. But he's in the same situation as uh, Melvin Gordon. They tra- I mean the Niners traded up to pick up another RB also. So I mean it's not more comforting, but Melvin Gordon's in a better run offense, which is a little bit more comforting. I 
looking at this data, and it's been a fix, I, I know you guys can't see it. I think Javante Williams is the last potential RB1 you can draft. After him, we're looking at Kenyon Drake, James Connor, Chase Edmonds, David Johnson, Rojo, Mike Davis. But Melvin Gordon going in the fifth round is phenomenal value in itself. I mean, he is not a bad running back. I will gladly take Melvin Gordon in the fifth round. Yeah, same here. The the value is baked in uh, for both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And I just want to say, I know we're not going to talk about the Falcons today, but put some respect on Mike Davis's name. Put some respect He's on fun. him. All right, so uh, that's enough about the, the Broncos. I had. I, w- I would be remiss to move on. I, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but it'd be remiss. Undrafted free agent, punter Max Duffy from my oh, hometown yeah. of Perth, for, uh, used to play in the AFL for my favorite team, the Mighty Fremantle Dockers. And actually, I used to play cricket alongside him and his brother, way back when, and uh, even then, I mean, most of the uh, the cricketing world, certainly at amateur level, look a lot like me, and you could just tell that this guy was a, a next-level athlete. Um, you might have seen him on ESPN with his Aussie step, which was what we would call selling candy, a bit of sort of deking maybe in, in NHL terms, round a, an oncoming rusher, stepping inside him and uh, and booting it away. But he, run the, he won the, the Ray Guy Award in 2019. He's a guy I'm, uh, I'm keeping an eye out uh, on... Not fantasy relevant, but certainly from a personal point of view on your Maxi. Oh, my God. All right. Well, if, if punters <laughs> matter, then then kickers definitely matter. That's all I got to say for you right there. That's it, man. I all right. The L- LA Chargers, seven and nine. One of the most promising looking teams going into the season. I mean, 18th in points four, ninth in yards gained, sixth passing yards gained, 18th rushing yards. Austin Eckler had the disappointing season of the year with 530 rushing yards. I mean, Herbert led the team with five rushing touchdowns. Keenan Allen almost had another 1,000-yard season under his belt, eight touchdowns. Uh, Herbert missed, what is it, the first three games, or he was benched for the first three games, still ended up with over 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I mean, set an NFL rookie. The sky's the limit for Herbert. He looks phenomenal. He looks Mahomes like is that too much to say? Is that is that a little? Yes, yes, that's way too much to say. That's way too much. Okay, way too much. Way. I'm sorry. All right, all right. I'll tone it down. He looks really good. Step under Mahomes. How about that? Is that fair? Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen. Okay, he's probably ahead of where Allen was at the same point. Yeah, that that's that's definitely fair to say. Josh Allen did not look phenomenal in his first year or his first two years, I should add. Uh, but th- there's a lot to like with the LA Chargers. This is going to be a very fantasy relevant team, whether it's the quarterback, wide receiver, and the running back position, even the tight end. The tight end is going to get some love here, uh, but it's the value. Uh, I-, I dislike saying value, but it's unfortunate and important word when you're discussing this or that between players. But George, how comfortable are you with Austin Eckler? Uh, I, I want Austin Eckler as my running back two on my team. Um, if, if I'm drafting at the, the back end of the first and I could take somebody like a Dalvin Cook, um, let's say Zeke falls uh, for some reason, uh, I, I can get Zeke at the back end and then have Melvin – or not Melvin, uh, Austin Eckler as my RB2. Like, I'm thrilled about that. I, I don't want – I do not want Austin Eckler to lead uh, – the backfield of my team. I just, I, I just don't. Um, he burnt me last year. Uh, 
between him and Miles Sanders in, in one league. So I just I want to stare clear. I want somebody that's more reliable um, than than Austin Eckler. I just I don't think he's built enough to to carry a full workload like everybody seems to think that he 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 is going to get. So the the Chargers drafted Joshua Kelly last year, and safe to say he looked pretty ter- terrible. He looked trash. He had a lot of volume, and he still wasn't producing fantasy points. Justin Jackson overtook him on the depth chart, and we saw a lot of him last year. And they even went to the free agency to try to solve the running back issues. And, I mean, Joshua Kelly was still a playing or a healthy running back on that roster. So I'm not too worried about Joshua Kelly, but I am interested in Justin Jackson. Are we interested? I'm very interested. I think he's their RB2. He certainly looked... Uh, before they brought in Kalen Balaj, he looked like their best running back. He was um, he averaged 9.1 yards per reception out of the backfield. That's better than Eckler. Um, he looked explosive, um, could carry the ball. You know, he's he's what you want as a change of pace. Uh, they also brought in Larry Roundtree the third, who's a bit more of a between the tackles guy. Uh, he's quite quite patient, so he'll be definitely competing. But I think Kelly was underwhelming, considering I think a lot of people hoped he might be. Essentially, what James Robinson turned out to be—a a, late-round dart throw who becomes fantasy relevant. But yeah, I think Jackson could be that guy this year. Insert, certainly, in the leagues I had him, I'm not—I'm uh, not jettisoning him just yet. So for for the the backfield there, can I throw a name at you that I think I would love to see sign? And and all knowing he's coming in as a backup, he's he's not coming in to be the lead running back. But I, I think. I think this would be a great spot for Le'Veon Bell. And don't kill me for that. But just between this offensive line that got better uh, this year, the offensive weapons that this team has, um, and and I get, you know, the disappointment from Kansas City last year. Everybody thought, okay, he's going to Kansas City. He's going to be great. Like, I I don't know. Something just tells – I just think if you add Le'Veon Bell to this team and you tell him, hey, listen, we're only giving you, you know – eight to 10 touches a game. Like I think he, I, I think both for the NFL and even as fantasy, like I think it would make him relevant for, for both. And I think it would help the team. I thought you were going to go with Todd Gurley. And as no. you were saying, I was like, Oh, Gurley had worked nicely in this offense. I think Bell's washed, but I could see them bringing him in. Cause there's also going to be a little bit of uh, Intel there. Uh, having been with the chiefs. Um, but I, I think I think Bell's done in the league. He's burning bridges this week. But yeah, that's why I, that's why I would these, say a, bring him in as a backup. Like, but he'd have to know, hey, you're you're the backup. You are not coming in to compete for the southern job. What about Frank Gore? He's still kicking around. Oh, I'd Chris, Frank Gore will be in the league when his son enters the league. That, that that's a no brainer. I think that's what we're all holding out for. I think it, him, his son, and whenever he decides to retire, he, he he retires when he does. It's not when a team doesn't want him. I'm sure all 32 teams already said Frank Gore an offer, and he's just kind of waiting, sitting back, and not taking his time. Frank Gore's bucket list, be the only player in NFL history to play for all 32 teams. <laughs> I could see him do it, and I could really see him do it. Now, Keenan Allen, he's 29 years old. In Dynasty's sake, it's probably difficult to draft him. In a redraft, however, I'm very interested in Keenan Allen. Can we get a couple of this or that's? Um, yeah, as I'm doing that, he's a guy that, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before, Nada. The old guy, di- or the perceived old guy discount. I I didn't realize he was only 28 because he 
looks like he's been living in the woods for the last 50 years. But I, I think he's a guy you want to target in Dynasty because you can pick him up on the cheap. But as you say, in redraft as well, um, he's currently the wide receiver 10. Uh, what have I popped here? He's going in the fourth, uh, the back end of the third round, is it? How's my maths? Yeah, back end of the third round, 30, 33rd overall. Uh, so Keenan Allen or Allen Robinson? Give me Keenan Allen. Uh, yeah, Keenan Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Keenan or Julio? Keenan Allen. I'm, uh, I'm leaning Julio. If and it, I, know if I, I, know I, shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Listen, I know I shouldn't. I, I know I should take Keenan. I know I should. If he was on the Falcons, I'd do it, but he's not. No, they're just mm. – I don't know. I just I, – I think that offense in Tennessee is going to surprise a lot of people. I know we talked about it at length last week. Uh, and if you didn't hear us talk about it at length last week, go back in, in the archives and uh, check out last week's show uh, that we did with Ryan McDowell. But, um, God, I just – I don't know. I, I'm a Julio stan, so I'm going to go Julio. Keenan or Amari Cooper? Keenan. That was not too difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry they can't all be brain teasers, man. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta you gotta throw out a couple of softballs. I, I really like Keenan Allen this year. And um, a couple of weeks ago, when we had or when you had Angelo on uh, on the pod, he talked about um, productive ecosystems for fantasy. I feel like this is a productive ecosystem for fantasy, oh. as you uh, as you touched on that. And I think value is going to be critical here because there is, as we've talked about, there's not a clear RB2. And I don't think there's a second clear pass catcher here. And this is a, a, a 4,500-yard offense and a, a potentially 35-yard, 35-touchdown uh, offense. Who are we targeting? Mike Williams is the wide receiver 54 at the moment. He's going in the, the 12th round. He's maybe even going slightly later in actual drafts. He certainly went slightly later in our sleeper writer's draft. Is that a guy who could win you the season in the back end of your draft? Mike Williams has always been the guy that's about to take the next step. He's always been the next best thing, the one that's going to blow up. He's the Tyler Eifert of wide receivers. I'm done with him. I'm looking somewhere else now. I want I, I want Tyron Johnson. Give me let, me let me look at John Hurst, Josh Palmer. Jalen Guyden. I mean, I'd rather take Jared Cook over him at this point. I think Cook's good late round value as well. I, I love Palmer in Dynasty. I don't think he's anything in redraft this year, but he's a um, he's a guy I'd definitely be targeting in Dynasty. So, no, I, I I believe in Mike Williams, and I nearly put this in the uh, between the lines segment. The Joe Lombardi, their OC, came out and said that he'd be playing that X role that Michael Thomas played. You know, as always, believe the hype, don't believe the hype. But I think. Williams had a thousand yard season a, a year ago. Yeah, I was going to say he Williams has had a thousand yard season. He's had a double digit touchdown season, and he's had a uh, a season where he led the entire NFL in yards per catch. So he just hasn't been able to put all three of those together for one season. <laughs> That's the problem. He keeps having these spurts or these little moments where you're like, oh, he's finally going to do it. He's finally going to do it, and then he burns you a little bit. You put keep him on his bench to stash it, and then right when you feel comfortable starting him, he'll burn you. I mean, that, that's what consistently happens for me. I'm definitely going to be the one fading him. I, I want somebody else to make that mistake. He feels like a good value stack in best ball 
in yep. DFS. And, you know, again, even late in your, your redraft, I feel like that could be there. But actually, since we're, well, we're not really talking about it, I'm going to change the topic. Justin Herbert, obviously, you really like him, Nada. I, you know, I think we all really like him. He's currently the QB7 in one quarterback leagues. But if we look at his Superflex ADP, he is, he's the QB6. He's going ahead of Russell Wilson. How do you feel about that? I don't mind it because, I mean, he's getting rushing touchdowns. And while Russell Wilson is a running quarterback, he doesn't really run that often. So it's hard to take Russell Wilson and try to expect rushing yards out of him. Justin Herbert, like I said, he had the most rushing touchdowns on the team with five. I could see him going more than five this year. And because of that, with the pos- with the potential this offense has that we've seen and what it could be, I, I would do the same. Especially in the division. You have to go division also. I, I just love how we, we talk about how great a potential that this offense has, and we're going to shit on the wide receiver two, three, and four the, <laughs> on this team. It's like I, I'll take Jared Cook over, over Mike Ribbs. Like, are you serious? Do you not realize Jared Cook is like 73? Uh, he's good. He's he's he's. He's an average tight end. He's not good. He's good for a tight end, which is not saying a whole lot. Like, seriously, you expect what? Maybe four to five touchdowns from Jared Cook this year? Like, I'm not expecting more than that from him. I mean, he Um, was very productive for the Saints. I think he's a T1. I I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him. So that's the problem. He's going to end up as a – if he plays all 18 games – He's going to end up as a as a tier one tight end in fantasy, but you're going to look at his stats and be like, okay, I got 500 yards and four touchdowns from him, and that made him a, a tier one tight end. Like he's not going to, you know, produce these mega numbers. If you're going to be high on this offense, you got to give me somebody other than Keenan Allen who's going to be able to put up offensive numbers. Well, and that's why it's not going to be Williams. Like, who's it going to be? That's they my big high. concern. They were high last year on offense, and they still only had Keenan Allen as their number one guy. I mean, Hunter Henry wasn't even that productive realistically last year, and they were still a very productive offense, which is why I'm still comfortable taking a lot of players in this uh, on this offense, knowing that they're still going to be elite, even though they don't have like a wide receiver two to three, RB two, tight end two, and all that. I just, I just think that it, it's a it is a prime team to see regression with with the with the outflux of players that have left this team and i i think i i'm not sure we're going to get the same numbers from herbert that that we got last year i I just i think i think the defense if everybody comes back healthy i think the defense is going to be really good because this is a really really good defense and they lost a lot of playmakers on their defense last year so I, I think that they were almost kind of forced to throw the ball. Uh, even in an 18-game season, I'm not sure Herbert's going to get you 4,300 yards again. Um, so I, I just think if the defense is there and, and their, their, their defensive players back, like we're going to see a lot more running of the ball and a lot more game control. I don't think they want uh, Justin Herbert throwing the ball as much as he was. I don't think that's what you know. What their offensive coordinator wants, especially uh, having a new offensive coordinator. Yes, but I want to point out the division. The Raiders—they don't. They, 
they don't have a good defense. They don't have a defense as of yet. The Chiefs, they're going to have to be – they'll be throwing shootouts against the Chiefs. That's what it's going to come down to if they want to beat them. And because of that, I know I see potential on this team. The Broncos, yes, they have a good defense, but I also believe in Justin Herbert and that offense to be able to put points on that board. I like the matchups that he's going to have this year. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think if Russell Wilson is is being taken after Herbert, I, I think – listen, and I understand the struggles uh, uh, and the story of two seasons with, that you get with Russell Wilson – but I, I would r- love to play a game of Herbert uh, versus and or this and that, whatever we're going to call it, and, and see who I would actually take over Herbert. Because I'm sure there's a bunch of guys coming after him I would absolutely take. Herbert's in a weird position for, for this and that. Um, he's like, there's a, a real gap between, uh, particularly in Superflex, uh, people who would take a, a QB first round, I suppose, or QB first off the board, and then people who are who are taking other positions. Yep. So, as I say, the, the, this or that is is Russell Wilson. They're going immediately after each other. Yeah, now I, I would take Wilson over Herbert, and and then ahead of him, you're looking at Dak, Jackson, Kyler Murray, Allen, and Mahomes. So you're all taking ahead of Herbert, of course. So it's, hmm. I mean, it's coming down to Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, nearly if he's a round with the and a half later. Yeah. If he's with the Packers, I think the reason why Aaron Rodgers is so far behind is because of the uncertainty um, if he's going to be playing in Green Bay or not. If we knew for certain that Rodgers was playing this year, like I think he'd be uh, way ahead of, of Justin Herbert. He's two intriguing ones, I suppose, who are going a little bit later. Joe Burrow? No. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. That is a horrible defense. That defense is absolutely garbage, and all they've done – was add offensive weapons. I'm all in on, on Herbert. He was throwing the ball 40-plus times a game last year before before he got injured, uh, and I don't like to to assume injury, so I would take Herbert above him. I'll tell you who I would take above him. How's that? I would take Herbert above him. I would take Tannehill above him. Um, let me see. Uh, what about Jalen Hurts? There's a higher rushing upside, but obviously a, a capped passing offense. That one's very close. I think I would lean uh, away from Hertz. So yeah, I think, I think there I would, I would go with uh, uh, Herbert. I'm avoiding Herbert, I think. I think he's, he's all high. He's, um, he's the sixth overall in Dynasty Superflex startup at the moment. In, in Dynasty, that makes sense just because, you know, you get to keep him his whole career, Right. So I, I, I think that makes sense um, in a dynasty startup. In a redraft, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fade Herbert. I'll, I'll take a, a quarterback. I'll take Matt Stafford over him. Whew. All right. Spicy. All right. All right. All right. That's, enough, that's enough LA Chargers talk. Let's move on from them. We got a lot to discuss, and we, we, we've kind of – been on this conversation for a pretty decent amount of time. So the Las Vegas Raiders, we just talk about Josh Jacobs. Since we're on the Raiders now, I'll give a quick update. He's not going to be charged with a DUI. So he's probably in the clear also. Uh, I mean, yes, he's going to look a little stupid with the stitches on his face, but uh, you know, I'm sure he can get over that. 
uh, with the, the, the amount of paychecks he's going to be getting. But they finished 8-8, eight and eight, finished 10th in scoring, 8th in yards gained, 7th in passing, 14th in rushing. Josh Jacobs had a 1,000-yard season with 12 touchdowns. Darren Waller led the team with 1,200 yards and 9 touchdowns. Derek Carr threw for 4,027 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. I mean, Derek Carr is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. In a fantasy perspective, considering he always supports two pass-catching players. Last year, it was Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller. This year, it's going to be Darren Waller. And, uh, well, that remains to be seen. There's no Nelson Aguilar. But... Who you Henry guys? Ruggs for mine. I would like Henry Ruggs to be the guy. I just don't think Henry Ruggs is going to be the guy. No, I think we've talked about that before, that for whatever reason, they've brought in Smokey Brown and he's going to get that Aguilar role, but it feels ready-made for Ruggs. I, I really want to see him connect with uh, underneath on slants. Just get the ball in his hands and, and let him make the play. They took him 12th overall or something. Mm-hmm. Why take a guy like that just to... Uh, I mean, at that point, we've talked. It's it's just a meme that oh, the the Raiders draft the fast guy, it, it, and it's 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 a meme, and it's true at the same time because you know what's going to happen, and they still have Brian Edwards, who they also drafted the same year. Uh, you talked about John Brown. There's still Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones. They also signed Willie Sneed. Ian, and of course, they also signed the biggest head scratcher in Kenyon Drake. This offense kind of pulled a Jacksonville Jaguars, if you will. Well, they kind of ruined everybody's fantasy value, and now you don't really know what to do. So what I think is very amusing is when we talk about the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL, Oakland never gets brought up. And listening to you name those wide receivers, like, they're atrocious. That's really freaking bad. Uh the only people I want on this team for, for a fantasy perspective is uh, Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Outside of that, I'm not starting any other player. I get what you're saying about uh, Derek Carr. And, yeah, in a, in a two-quarterback league or super flex, yeah, of course, I want Derek Carr and I'm going to play him and whatnot because, let's face it, you've got to start 24 quarterbacks in that league. But in a 12-team league, you're not starting Derek Carr. You're just not. Yeah, that's that's completely fair, especially with the type of receiving help that he has. Now, you said you are in on Josh Jacobs with Kenny Drake. How how confident are you in it? Like Sheehan, right now, do you have a ADP this or that that we can kind of take a look at? You know, I do. We've been talking about guys all the uh, around the same level. Um, so let's let's go with with one we've already talked about: uh, Kenyon Drake or Javante Williams. Javante. Javante. That's not close. Yeah, Javante. He has more upside. They're going uh, consecutive picks at the moment. Um, Kenyon Draker is his old stable buddy, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Actually? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I'll so Chase. Good. Yeah, I'll go Chase. I'm interested to see what they do with Drake. I mean, Gruden's talked about him playing this, this Joker role. I don't know if that's similar to what uh, Urban Meyer has in mind for ETN, or whether it's just him being like, yeah, Vegas, it's the Joker, or whether he's sort of a three edgy five me edge lord, just still high on uh, Joaquin Phoenix or, or what. But I think Drake is going to offer absolutely nothing in fantasy uh, this year. I'll be staying away from him. Uh, another either or, uh, Kenyon Drake or Damian Harris. Damian Harris. 
Yeah, give me Damian Harris. Now, what about yeah. Josh Jacobs? I mean, if if you think Kenyon Drake is not going to be productive, that means you think Josh Jacobs is still going to be the bona fide RB one. Correct. Okay. I think he's two, um, and if nothing else, he'll lose snaps up the field. But I still think inside twenty, he's going to be their go-to guy. I mean, Drake was the worst uh, running back inside twenty in the league last year. What, what I what I like about Josh Jacobs is he's somebody that you're going to get at a at a running back two value. Um, nobody's nobody's taking him this year inside the top twelve, at least. Nine drafts, mock drafts that I've done or, or drafts that I've seen. Uh, he, he's coming with a huge discount because of Drake. And, and for my fantasy team, I, I absolutely on board about, with that. I think part of it's Drake, but I think he also let a lot of people down last year. He looked primed to really be a, a rolled gold top six RB after his rookie season and, and just never hit those heights. So uh, we'll, we'll do some either or here. And I'm going to give you five names. They're all running backs. They're going... Uh, consecutive picks, uh, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st uh, overall. Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I'll take Clyde over him. I'll take Clyde over him. Najee Harris. I'll take Najee Harris over him. Yep, I'll do Najee. Okay, I won't take him over Gibson. I'll take Josh Jacobs. And he yeah, does one more. I, th- I think I'd take Gibson over him. Okay. Colonel Sanders was the other one. Yeah, no, give me Jacobs Miles, over Sanders. Miles Sanders. Okay, so it, hmm, what, what pick was this one that we're talking about? Thirty first. So this is the uh, slate this second is round. Mid uh, mid third. Mid third. Mid third. So if I already took an RB, and I'm very comfortable with that RB, say I get like a, a Nick Chubb. Or if I get a Kamara or Derrick Henry or you know a top tier RB, I'll go Miles Sanders because he has more upside and Josh Jacobs is a little bit safer. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, there we go. What about uh, Chris Carson? He's going a few picks later. I like Chris Carson. I'll take Jacobs over Carson. I would take yeah, Jacobs over. Jacobs yeah. Too. yeah, Chris Carson. He's nice, and with the decline, I don't. I shouldn't say decline, but with how. Russell Wilson kind of fell off a cliff a little bit towards the end of the season. I think that's going to allow the Seahawks to kind of justify running the ball a whole lot more than how the wannabe MVP Russell Wilson would like. Establish the run, said the girl. One of the things that jumped out to me when I was doing the prep for this episode was that we're looking at a division with three rebuilt offensive lines in Kansas City, uh, Las Vegas, and uh, and the Chargers there. And uh, we've got Eckler... Um, Jacobs and CEH. Which of them do you reckon is going to be benefited most and which of them do you think is going to be impacted most by those uh, those changing faces on the O-line? Uh, I like Eckler and his chances the highest because he's already been established and proven to be an elite potential elite RB. I mean last year or two years ago he had a, a thousand receiving yards and I believe almost a thousand rushing yards. So I would take the more proven talent over the potential of CEH. I mean, we saw a lot of him. While while he is going to be fantasy productive, I feel like his inability to score touchdowns might be a little bit of a downfall. And then with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, his 
inability to, I shouldn't say inability to pass catch, but the unwillingness that John Gruden has to dial a pass plays for him will also be a little bit of a downfall. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with CEH of the three. And the reason why is because Eckler is going to be a focal point of the offense. Uh, defenses are going to key in on Keenan Allen and they're going to, they're going to key in on uh, Eckler when he's in the backfield where when you look at the chiefs, you know, you've got Mahomes, you've got Kelsey, you've got Hill. Uh, if they put Hardman out there, you know, you got another burner that's on the field that you have to pay attention to. So that in theory should open it up a little bit for CH. And while I do agree a hundred percent with Nader, like the, the lack of touchdown potential with him uh, is definitely a concern. Um, where you're getting him, I think there's a, a value that's built in. And while he didn't return the value of where you drafted him last year, um, he he didn't have a bad year. Uh, it's just he he just didn't live up to the expectation because the expectation was placed way too high when you're taking a rookie um, at the sixth overall pick in redraft last year. Like that's just an insane amount of expectation put on somebody that he's never going to live up to. So now you're pushing him back down into the second round, which is probably where he should have gone last year. And I think he's actually going to be a value this year. I mean, people are thinking Kareem Hunt when they took CEA class. He's not Kareem Hunt. They're two, they're two totally different builds. Uh, as far as height, weight, strength, and all that, they're they're two totally different players. And Cream Hunt jumps over people, takes four four guys with him, stiff arm seventh, and then still is able to pick up thirty four yards on that play while yeah. somebody's grabbing his uh, jock strap, dragging him across the field. And Ceh, you know, he just kind of he just hangs out. Uh, for what it's worth, I think um, Ceh is going to benefit the most as well. You got Joe Tooney there, Laurent. Uh, Duvernay, Tardif, but of course we're going to come into the Chiefs anyway. Uh, and I agree, Eckler's going to get his. And in fact, I was going to go into this in the last segment. But what the hell? Um, I think he's maybe a, a chance to to get a thousand yards as that number two receiver in that offense. Um, let's let's do a last bit of either or before we do move on to the Chiefs. We're going to talk about Henry Ruggs, and I'm going to start you off with Henry Ruggs and a guy that we've already talked about: Henry Ruggs or Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Uh, I'll take Mike Williams. Henry Ruggs or Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones. Henry Ruggs, because I'm never going to know when the hell to play Marvin Jones. You've got a real chip on your shoulder about Marvin Jones. I love it. I do. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan. I will listen. I want, Marvin, I want Marvin Jones in best ball where I don't have to set my lineup. So I get the benefit of, of getting his points for those three or four games a year where he <laughs> went to the week. I like it. I, I, I've always liked Jones, but I know exactly what you mean. Henry Ruggs, or uh, I guess the guy who he took a derp, uh, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. He's going to be Nelson. the uh, he's going to be the wide receiver one um, in New York. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. Henry Ruggs. I took him in the first round in my uh, dynasty uh, dynasty league, and uh, I regret that a lot. As you should. Uh, I've yeah. been trying to buy rugs everywhere and no one's selling. Uh, also, there you, go. you got an opportunity here, Nader. Oh, you know, if you were in the league, then I'm sure we can make <laughs> something happen. Luckily, in that league, I had two first rounds and I took Brandon Ayuk, which has definitely made me feel a little bit better. But Henry Ruggs uh, is a little bit more disappointing than uh, productive. 
And I'll give you give you one more. And uh, just before we move on from Aguilar, Jacoby Myers will be the number one in New England, not uh, not Aguilar. Uh, Rugs or Jalen Rager? God, that's that's kind of sad. Uh, Jalen, give me Jalen Rager. Yeah, that's close. I'll give me Rager. Yeah, they're both borderline on draft. That, that, that's but, like, do you want diarrhea or like marble poops? It's like, I don't know. It's the same. Is everything all right with you? You're very, <laughs> very scatological based tonight. More than more than normal. Is everything okay? Uh, you know, maybe I hung out with OBJ a couple a couple times too much. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, uh, good. Well, sp- speaking of things that aren't shit, should we move on to the Chiefs? Yeah, let's go let's, for it. Let's do it. All right, fourteen and two, lost the Super Bowl in a very disappointing fashion. It was entertaining to watch, watching him kind of ballerina twirl four times, break three ta- break three sacks, and then throw a perfect dot inside the end zone, only for his wide receiver to get slapped in the face by the ball. Sixth in points for first in yards gained, first in passing, sixteenth in rushing. That's thanks to Clyde Edwards Hilaire leading Russia with eight hundred eight hundred yards. And four touchdowns. That's a big yikes. Travis Kelsey, leading receiver, 1,400 yards. Tyreek Hill had 15 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, almost 5,000 yards, 38 interceptions and six. I mean, 38 touchdowns with six interceptions. I mean, those are elite numbers all around the board if you subtract Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stats. But I don't think he does better. Like, I don't know. Like so much went well for the Chiefs in order to support a running back, and he wasn't able to do it. And they're reconstructing their offensive line. I don't want Clyde Edwards to there. I'll be honest. Where where he's going, I have like he's the RB nineteen. If I go wide receiver, wide receiver to start the draft, and in the third round, I'm I'm, I'm staring at you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think I'm going to have no problem taking that. But n- nothing in this offense changed. Yeah, Sammy Watkins left. But okay, the, well, Sammy Watkins. The offensive, the offensive line has changed, and and I don't care what anybody says. Like offensive lines definitely help the run game. It does, but it has the offensive line changed for the better? It has. It's oh, sig- absolutely. It's significantly upgraded compared to what it was last year. Joe Tooney, who. Uh, was admittedly down last year based compared to 2019, but he was all pro uh, at guard. They put uh, Duvernay Tadif back from uh, opting out. They've added Orlando Brown. I can't see how that's not an upgrade. Obviously, they're going to be a pass-first team. That's who they are. Yep. Um, I think that any growth from Edwards, I think 800 yards is is about right for him. He might get a couple of extra touchdowns. Where he can really grow is taking that number from uh, from 36 receptions to to maybe around 50 and becoming a bit more of a value as a pass catcher, maybe uh, take a couple in. In fact, his longest rush last year was 31 yards. Tyreek Hill's longest was 32. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we, he, was, he was supposedly this explosive player, but it just never came. Yeah, you, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you look at the games where Clyde went off. It was against Houston, the first game of the season with 138. And then Buffalo with 161. Other than that, you're looking at 38, 64, 64 twice, 40, 46, 21 against the Jets, 14 yards against Carolina, 69 against Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas, 37 yes. against Tampa Bay, 32 against Miami, 79 against the Saints. I, 
he he was ineffective ever as a rusher. He averaged four yards per carry, which is honestly a surprise to me. That should have been a lot lower in my in my opinion. So you, say you being named, slightly. You, okay, you named, I'm sorry. You you named all the 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 teams where he didn't have these great rushing games, but what you're failing to to also point out is like the teams he played that and he didn't have these magnificent wonderful games against are are teams that are actually very good against the run. Miami was great against the run. The Saints were great against the run. Tampa Bay was best in the NFL against the run. So yeah, no, he's not going to have these these awesome games uh, against every single opponent but you know that's because those teams have great run defenses that's why he struggled okay carolina was not strong against the run he had 14 rushing yards that game the chargers in ot not the best run defense he had 38 yards uh the new england who everybody ran over them ran over them 64 no, rushing yards new, new england was it was a decent run defense last year <sighs> Uh, early in the they're season they're the chiefs they're yeah. the chiefs they're gonna play I, the I, best listen, I, I completely understand they're the chiefs I, i'm i'm just I, I i don't crap on guys who especially when they're rookies that had the type of season that they were having last year where they didn't get all this valuable time to start the season right. i think i i think there's absolutely opportunity for for him to improve and i think with an upgraded offensive line, that's exactly what we're going to see. Now they're also getting players back from you know like Daryl Williams, I believe. Uh, sorry, who opted out? He's in Chicago. Damian Williams, he's coming back, and now they no, have Derek McKinnon. His, they they cut him. He's in Chicago. Who? Damian Williams. They cut Damian? him. He's in oh, Chicago. oh, that's right. Yeah. Now they they also signed. Uh, Sorry, Jerk his name, Jerick McKinnon. There we go. That's his name. And they still have Darwin you, you, Thompson. He's one of the field experiments. You you talked about Carolina uh, in that game. He had three receptions for twenty yards in his receiving touchdown that game. So he 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 did not kill your fantasy team that week. Yes, um, that's more luck than confidence. The, the touchdown is correct, but the the fact that he's still involved in the passing game, getting these these receptions, he was targeted five times. Yeah, that's where I was heading with it as well to go. You know, you're looking at those rushing totals, but against Baltimore, uh, five for 70. Against uh, the Chargers, six for 32. He's got a three for 40 in there. He's got a five for 59. And, and yeah. that's what I was saying is you, you want those, the games where he can't run, you want to see him involved in the passing game. What you want is him to be a solid floor player and any ceiling's a bonus. And, that, and that's what I'm thinking. But I think, as you were saying, uh, he was expected to be more than he he was um well before we move on from from clyde who to you is this year's clyde edwards hilaire oh that's a good one I, i'm gonna say it's gonna be jk dobbins okay I, Funny. I, I, think, I think it's a guy he's going too high um I, I'm not sure how involved in the passing game he's going to be because we know Lamar really doesn't pass the ball a lot. And that's not a knock on him and not saying he can't pass the ball, but this is a, an extremely run-heavy team. And if you're telling me the quarterback's running for 1,000 yards, you're telling me you know, you're giving Gus Edwards the ball X amount of times a game um, and, and you're committed to him as well, Like I just, I'm, I'm just not sure that there's a whole lot there 
uh, for J.K. Dobbins. I think, you know, he's going to get 200 touches, 225 touches, but I just don't think he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. And and I'll take guys that are more involved in the passing games because I believe those are more valuable, uh, like pass attempts uh, to the running back, I believe are more valuable than rushing attempts. So I'll I'll, I'll take the guys if – I think he'll get a ton of, of rushing yards, but I'm just not sure how involved in the passing game he's going to be. I think we're going to see, you know, somewhere between 800 and 1,004. A bit like we did with Clyde. I think he's a good call. I was going to say Cam Akers, and he's going a pick ahead of Dobbins. Hmm. I like Cam Akers. Uh, I do too. A lot of, yeah. A lot of people are giving him the uh, the runaround. It's tough to give a Sean McVay RB the runaround. Yeah, I think uh, Sean McVay deserves the respect for making RBs look very, very good. I'll, I'll put Zeke as my disappointment of the year. I mean, he was immensely disappointing last year, and uh, I think he does that again. That, that, that's that's a spicy take, I think. But okay, spicy. You don't like it hot. Yeah, no problem right. with it. All right, so I mean, they did draft the center. We talked about reestablishing the offensive line. Uh, I mean, this team's going to be good. It's a Super Bowl contender. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill, we already know, he's bonafide tight end, or RB, uh, sorry, wide receiver one. Kelsey, bonafide tight end one. Going in the early drafts. It's not too much to go around on this team. But can I get a quick this or that for Tyreek Hill? Uh, You can indeed. Um, Before I do, though, uh, this is a, a weird offense because it feels like it should be supporting more than two receivers. That would be correct. Because of how good Mahomes is because of the offense. Um, and so before we get to Hill, like, do you think there is scope for a third relevant pass catcher here and, you know, a McCall Hardman or someone like that? Or is this too hard to pick week to week whether it's going to be Hardman, Robinson? A guy I really like, Cornell Powell. It's, it's very hard to support more than two pass catchers. I mean... Uh, a good quarterback game is considered 300 yards. And that means a receiver is going to get 100 and then another receiver gets another 100. And then that means the whole rest of the crew gets another 100 spread out sporadically. It's tough. It's very, very tough to support more than two pass catchers. But I do want to say this is the same thing we talked about on the Chiefs, I mean, on the Chargers side. So... I think that's also an interesting comparison. I, I think that their wide receiver one is clearly Tyreek Hill. Their wide receiver two is clearly Kelsey. Um, if you look at what they lost, they only lost like 450 yards for the year for Sammy Watkins. And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, most of that was in his first game of the year. So they really, they, they really didn't lose a whole lot in losing Sammy Watkins. Um I do know that this is a team that desperately tried to address the wide receiver position in the in the offseason, and they did not. Um, this was a team that I was saying, if I'm Julio Jones, I'm looking to see if I can get traded to Kansas City. Uh, I, I think Julio Jones on this team would have just been bananas, uh, and and well, they totally. could have they could have made the they easily could have made it work under the cap. Um, we know they tried to address the wide receiver position. I think if, if any of those uh, those third wide receivers outside of Kelsey and um, Hill can step up, like I, I see this team being able to go for uh, Mahomes being able to go for another five thousand yard season this year. 
Yeah, Byron P- Byron Pringle is an interesting guy. They tried to get yep. him involved, particularly in the playoffs. But yeah, did they threw a lot of money at Juju and he, he turned yep. them down. So you, you're right. They did try to address it. So, you know, Hardman's only 22. He's never really shown what I think they'd hoped he would. Uh, yeah, maybe I, maybe he's the guy to break out. I, I think he will be the guy to break out. And and I also agree that CEH, I think he'll, he'll have more than the 200 uh, receiving yards that he had last year. I think he'll, I think he'll get you close to to three seventy five, and that'd be pretty phenomenal. I mean, if you're going to add one hundred and fifty yards to his uh, stat total, that's probably around fifteen twenty catches extra. If you're in a yeah. half point PPR, ten yeah. full point twenty points, uh, that 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 makes a very productive running back. And then, yeah. of and, course, and the, then I'd have to take up what I said. The the potential for him to do that is one hundred percent there, um, and it's not a unreasonable jump for him either that, that that's why so last year if, if you listened to any of the shows last year you would know i was completely off ch i, I wouldn't take him in any league i was saying he's overdrafted he's going to disappoint everybody who drafts him this year uh up until the the damien williams opt-out uh i was saying damien williams is the running back you're going to want in this backfield like i was completely off ch and and now that i can get him in the third round uh, that's where his average draft position is. Like I'm all on board because I know he can improve. I'm not going to pretend NFL players can't improve. He's going to improve, and if he can add another 150 yards, and let's say he ends the season with like eight total touchdowns, you're not going to be disappointed, and you're going to be happy that you drafted him. Yeah, he um he was on pace. Well, say based on his averages, and then again over the 17 game season, he's on pace to get 70 targets. And that, that's pretty good workload as a running back. So, no, I, I like it. Uh, let's do some either or with Hill. And this is this is going to be fairly easy. I, I love Tyreek Hill. I've been all in from the start. Uh, I, I, other I'll other you, than his off-field behavior. Uh, I'll tell you about uh, a trade I made to acquire Tyreek Hill after, mm, go ahead. Af- after we do this little segment. I see. Well, either or, the, the wide receiver one and two, Hill or Adams? I'm going to go Hill. Hill... Just because of the uncertainty. Yep. And this is, I suppose we're looking at, um, it's a different sort of either. Hill or Jonathan Taylor? Oof. Is this how you're kicking it off? I I am a Jonathan Taylor RB1 truther. So I'll take Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor because if not, I I would not be being true to myself. Now, Tyreek Hill had 15 touchdowns. I don't want to say it's unrealistic to do it again. It is. But it's very unlike, uh, highly unlikely for him to do it again. Yeah. They gave me at 200 yards in the first quarter. How good was that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> trust um, me. I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I had a nice uh, Holmes, Mahill stack, uh, Mahomes Hill stack. Funnily enough, I would say I'd rather Hill on my team than Jonathan Taylor. But I think cock on the block, if I'm on... Uh, if I'm picking at that seven, I think I want I think I think want Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah. Hill or Kelsey? Uh, is it Kel- a tight end premium? No. Just no, it's, to, it's a Nata league. No yeah, other setting. Basically. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, just because you can you can find wide receivers. Correct. It's the you can't really find tight ends. Yeah. You absolutely can find tight ends. 
you can't find good tight ends, all right? You're not going to find Kelsey-type tight ends. People you're afraid of to play against. Like Travis Kelsey, I'm afraid to go against Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid afraid, I look him. at your team, if you got Kelsey in your tight end position, like I'm kind of nervous. Where yeah. if I look and you got Tyreek Hill and – like I'm gonna throw Jared Cook under the bus here, and Jared Cook at your tight end. Like I'm, I'm not that nervous. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. It's, it's like seeing Young Hoku in the kicker spot on the guy I you're playing terrified. against. You, yeah, you're a little nervous because he's an RB one. Yeah. <laughs> and one more of these, Calvin the Riddler Ridley or Tyreek Hill. Oh, Tyreek Hill. That's not even Tyreek close. Hill. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, not no disrespect to Calvin Ridley, and he's very close up there on the list, but he's not Tyreek Hill. Nope. Would you rather start with a running back and then come back for Calvin Ridley? Yes. yes. I, I always then, say then start with Tyreek Hill and come back for running back. Yeah. No. No, I'll, I'll take I'll take the running depending on the running back. I'll take the running back over the wide receiver. Yeah. Every right, single running, time, just because mm-hmm. of position scarcity with running backs too. Like to get a a true workhorse running back in the first round is you're. Rather is not that easy where getting a team's wide receiver one that can put up not Tyreek Hill numbers per se, but like close to uh, I'll take I'll take the white the running back in the first round. Yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. to agree there. RB scarcity yeah. is very hard to deal with, especially yeah. if you do not have one. Yeah. And uh, one more while we're doing the either ors, is Patrick Mahomes the 101 or the QB one in uh, in Superflex. Yes. Uh I like running quarterbacks a little bit more. I might go Lamar Jackson. But I mean, I don't blame you for going Patrick Mahomes. Uh, give me Josh Allen for what it's worth, but um I'm That's not going to knock anyone for for going Mahomes. That's fair. I don't blame you on that one either. Yeah. All right. So, that's going to have to wrap up this division, George I always enjoy having you on here. We always get to talk our SpaceX talks and have our random conversations afterwards. But let everybody know where they can find you. Well, before I let everybody know where they can find me, I I, I teased a Tyreek Hill trade that I had made. Oh yeah, yeah, that's here. Uh, so oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to that real quick. So this was back when uh, the news about Tyreek Hill possibly being suspended and kicked out of the league and yada yada happened. So in our Superflex. Um, Whole point PPR sleeper wire dynasty league. Uh, I managed to acquire Tyreek Hill for a second and a third round rookie pick. And that's I am loving I am loving that trade to this day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I bought low. Uh, when when news comes out about these players, like uh Deshaun Watson, like I don't want Deshaun Watson on my team for this year. Uh, if you got him in a a dynasty league, you know, hold him. But if you're trying to acquire him, Don Watson's going to play this year, but I think he'll be playing again in the NFL. And I still think even if he, you know, misses a year, he's still going to finish as a quarterback one the next year he's allowed to play. So go out and try to buy him early. See, buy him low. See what you can get for him. Yeah, you might you not like be it. able to live. You might not be able to live with yourself with your morality, but hey, your fantasy lineup might be pretty Listen, good. I, I, I'm always a fan of saying, just because I have you on my fantasy team, does not mean it's an endorsement of your character or your behavior. Basically, I just want to win my freaking fantasy league, and I don't care what you do off the field. That's not an endorsement of you being on my team. I just want to win. No, so basically the same attitude as 32 NFL head coaches and other teams. Yeah. Yep. 
exactly. Fair enough. It's it's my endorsement actually. I, you know, I kind of take players I also like, and you know, when you snap arms like that, you know, that's that's a point extra in my book. But all right, so, <laughs> George, let everybody know where they can find you. So you can find me on Twitter at BFTG Pod. Uh, you can find me on the Sleeper app where I am at uh, BFTGEO, and you could find me on the Instagram at BFT pod, BFTG pod, but I really don't use Instagram very often. So really don't, don't, don't look for me there. All right, Sheehan, how about you? And on Twitter, I'm at Sheehan Solo. That's S H E A H A N S O L O. And we're doing some, uh, divisional breakdowns uh, as part of our, well, with our sleeper writers at the moment. We've just come out of a mock draft, which uh, some of our writers will be writing up. So uh, check me out on there. I'll be retweeting all of those. And if you haven't yet, read my Julio Jones reaction article. It might well be the best fantasy football article ever written. It, uh, it was actually pretty good. I might, I might have given it a little gander to you know, with me and my fourth grade reading level. It's kind of nice. Now, of course, you could see me at Top Tier Tactics underscore on Twitter, where I could ignore you in high definition. And of course, you want to go and follow the Sleeper Wire show on Twitter, where you can see live updates on episodes, articles, and all that good stuff on that channel. But other than that, hey, good luck, everybody. 